You may have heard of the recent technological development known as ChatGPT. And it's basically this language model which incorporates a large corpus of text to be able to provide something for you. For example, imagine it's like a super Google, but it can write an essay for you. It gained so much popularity. Instagram took about one year to get a billion users. ChatGPT took one month. And so, there, for example, there's this one author who was writing a book, and he wanted ChatGPT to write another chapter for him. But he said this, I want you to write another chapter, but I want you to write it in the style of the King James and according to the Tao Te Ching. And then it wrote four pages. And when the author read that chapter, he said it was indistinguishable from his own work. He had a hard time even telling how different it was from his. Another person who is working in technology, he, on Twitter, he said that, hey, ChatGPT, for this last week, I didn't really work. So I need you to tell me what I had 10 points of things that I would have done this past week. And I need you to write the code for each thing I would have done. And then ChatGPT gave him what he would have done and the code he would have used to do his work. The fourth thing, the third thing that's fascinating is that it took the SAT test and it scored about the average, how an average student would score in university. In fact, this homily is written by chat. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I actually write my homilies, yeah. This one at least. But this is such a powerful tool that can be used in such a variety of different ways. But many people now are raising serious concerns about OpenAI. Many people, as we know, we were wondering about the safety of social media. And now we know of the potential consequences of that. And so in the same way too, people are wondering, well, do we know the long-term effects of having this artificial intelligence just open to the world like this. What's really concerning and think, think, uh, something I want to bring up is that Snapchat, one of the apps that the kids use, they added what's called My AI. And so now they have a mobile-friendly version of ChatGPT directly put into the app. And so the CEO said that, you know, you, as much as you're talking to your friends and to your family, now you can talk to AI every day. And on the surface, it maybe doesn't seem too troubling, but when you think about it deeply, people are starting to build relationships with AI. It's not just asking AI to help us do the things we need to do. You can, they're actually beginning potentially to build relationships with artificial intelligence. In fact, there's a movie about that, about this man who was talking to this artificial intelligence and eventually he falls in love with his artificial intelligence, right? Imagine falling in love with Siri or Alexa. Weird, right? But the reason I bring this up is that I just began to wonder, how is this even possible in our world? How is it feasible that people can begin to build a relationship with artificial intelligence. And then I thought about it more deeply. I began to realize that our world is getting so lonely and so isolated. 
that if no one will talk to me, if my parents won't talk to me, that then at least AI will talk to me. That I could call upon this artificial intelligence to be beside me. And I think that's why the gospel is so important for us today. Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. Jesus knows that one of the deepest fears of the human heart is the feeling of being orphaned, being abandoned, feeling alone. And having that experience can be very difficult. Maybe some people experience what it means to be like an orphan. And it's very difficult because we feel like there's no one there for us. I saw this in a, a unique way. This mother was telling me a story about dropping off her kids at daycare. So she would drop off her kids. But then she was seeing this other mother drop off her kids at daycare. And this one little girl, when she was being dropped off, at first when she was being there, she started screaming because she wanted to be with her mom. She didn't want to be separated from her mom. Then after a couple of weeks, instead of screaming, she realized that this was the reality. So she began just whimpering in the, in the corner. Then after several more weeks, she had no emotion at all. She was almost catatonic and just emotionless on her face. And I bring this up because we can have a temptation to feel like we're spiritually orphaned, that we're orphaned by God, we feel abandoned by Him. And so in some ways we can almost go through those same steps but with God. Where at first we feel like we have this closeness with God and when we feel like we're abandoned by Him, we want to just scream and reach out for Him. But then after a while, we begin to, to realize that He's probably not coming. And so we begin to whimper in our hearts. And there might even come a point in our time in our spiritual lives where we don't even respond to God anymore because we don't believe He's there at all. And that's a deep temptation of the human heart. And that's why Jesus wants to reassure us, I will not leave you orphaned. And maybe we want to believe that with our heads. Maybe we do believe that with our minds. But we have a hard time believing that with our hearts. And so what Jesus does for us today is he tells us that he wants to give us the Holy Spirit who will be with us forever. Another word for the Holy Spirit is the advocate, the comforter, the helper. In our gospel today, another term is used is, in Greek, it's actually the paraclete. And paraclete is a very interesting word. Paraclete comes from the Greek. Clete means to call, and then para means beside. And so the, Harris, the Holy Spirit is the one we call beside us. And that's why I kind of contrasted the Holy Spirit with artificial intelligence, right? We can either call upon the Holy Spirit to be beside us, to guide us, and to be with us, or if we don't feel like God's going to watch over us, then we call upon artificial intelligence, ChatGPT, to be beside us. Nothing wrong with asking for those things to help us, but when we turn to them for comfort and solace, I think that's where our hearts are distorted. But that's why Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, when you look at the images of the Holy Spirit, foreshadowings of the Holy Spirit, you see it in the book of Exodus, when the Israelites are wandering through the desert. And there's this pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night guiding them through the desert when they don't know where they're going. 
And just think about that beautiful image of walking in the dark night with this pillar of fire just guarding you in the darkness. And that's what the Holy Spirit is meant to do for us in our lives. In fact, the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 30, verse 21, he says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way. Walk in it. And when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. And so the Holy Spirit truly does guide us if we have the eyes to see. Many years ago when I was in university, I was walking from the university station. And I was walking across that pathway to the residential area because I had parked on the right. And throughout the day, I was wondering like, you know, should I, should I go to this men's conference? And I was like, ah, I don't know. But at the end of the day, as I was walking across this pathway, I could feel my feet going this way. I was like, what? that's weird. My car's parked that way. So I was like, oh, I guess I should go to this conference because the church was in the north. You know, guess what, that, what church that was? St. Luke's. It's a conference many years ago. I remember sitting right there. And as I was sitting right there, this man was speaking. He was a bodybuilder. He had like army pants and I don't even know what he was talking about. But as I was right there, it was there that God kind of hit me with this grace. I was sitting in this boat and the waves were churning and it was raining, it was dark at night and I could see this man walking on the water towards me. And of course it was Jesus. And he said to me, he didn't say anything, but I could hear in the silence of my heart, Troy, I want you to be a priest. It's going to feel like walking on water. But if you keep your eyes on me, everything will be okay. And it's because of that moment that now I'm here again at St. Luke's to be your priest. And so I share that story because when I look back, I can see that's the Holy Spirit literally guiding my feet. And I bet that if you reflected on your own life and you look back on your life, you could be, you could say, yeah, the Holy Spirit guided me here, guided me here, guided me here. Because we know that God is with us and He doesn't want to abandon us. And if we have the eyes to see, we'll recognize Him working in our life. But one of the ways that we can receive the help of the Holy Spirit is to have the right disposition of the heart. A couple of years ago, my nephew, he turned five and he had that you know, number five balloon. It was, there was helium in it. Anyways, we went over to my parents' place and then he called me over and said, Uncle, I'm like, hey man, what do you need? And then he showed me the balloon, but it was in my parents' living room, which is a 15-foot ceiling. He said, Uncle. I was like, man, I'm so flattered that you think I could get that balloon. <laughs> and I did get the balloon because it was on a string. But I just thought that gesture was so profound, this gesture. It's a gesture of dependence and trust. Because we believe we can't do it, but we believe that someone else can do it for us. But for many of us sometimes, we have a variation of it. Maybe we have trust, but no dependence. We believe that someone can help us, but we don't believe we need that help. You know, what, you know another word for that? It's pride. Or maybe, we have dependence, 
but we don't have trust. We know that we need help, but we don't believe anybody could help us. Do you know another word for that? It's despair. But when we have dependence, recognizing our weakness and our need for the other, and we believe that this other God can help us, that is trust. That is childlike trust. And that is how the Holy Spirit can assist us and guide us if we have this disposition of heart. And so my brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit wants to guide each and every one of you as well today. Jesus does not want to abandon us. He wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. And He wants to reassure us that we can call the Holy Spirit to our side so that He may be with us always, so that we may know His comforting presence, and so that we may be led to the kingdom of His Son.